Well, good morning to everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, March 7, 2019, and today we're reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 12, uh, the fourth paragraph, and it's, uh, we're just going to read the one paragraph. It starts, it was only a matter of being willing. Okay, today's readers, we have Kathy R. on the 12 Steps, Alice and E. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text, we have Nadia B. and Renee A. And the share ID for yesterday, March 6th, um, 2019, the 7 a.m. meeting, that number is 12,629. That's 12629. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 12,630, 12630. Okay, OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. <clears throat> we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So let's get started with Kathy R. on the 12 steps. Kathy, good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Kathy R. calling from Florida. These are the 12 steps of our program. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And finally, number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you for letting me do this service. Thanks so much, Kathy. Okay, let's move on to the 12 traditions, and we have Allison E. Good morning, Allison. Hi, good morning. This is Allison E. from New York, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group but has one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of the money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such might never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name might never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before our personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. I pass. Thanks, Allison. Okay, here's how this mess works. Um, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic uh, that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And we are sharing what the direction in the big book means to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone and once you're done, let us know by saying, I'm done. Um, and then uh, press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're gonna to resume our study of the big book. We are on page 12, uh, the fourth paragraph. Um, it's, it starts, it was only a matter of being willing. And we're just gonna read the one paragraph only. So now I'm gonna go over to New York or up that way, East Coast to say hello to Nadia B. Hey, Nadia. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Uh, it's Nadia B gratefully recovered in Connecticut here, still cold. Um, that statement hit me hard. Uh, I'm sorry. It was more only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. I saw that growth could start from that point. Upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. Would I have it? Of course I would. 
uh, Bill is describing his step um, two uh, process. And boy, did I need this. Um, did I need all this hope? Um, step two states came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Yep, insanity is what brought me here. Insanity of eating. Um, wouldn't I have the sanity of breaking free from this addiction? It is um, emphasized to me that um, I am to be open-minded here um, because, um, you know, my intellectual power, uh, intellectual mind um, somehow is failing me. Um, and what is um, intellect? You know, I know it all. Um, what about you know, start asking or telling myself, I might not know it all. Um, meaning, you know, I'm going to have an open mind about, about this power. Maybe I don't know, you know, whether you are a churchgoer or not, uh, whether you had this conception in childhood or not. Um, nothing more is required than just saying, I might not know it all. I might build what I see in my friends here in this meeting, you know, when I um, went to a conference for the first time um, the, the, when, um, in Virginia Beach, I saw confidence in people. I saw health, joy, um, despite all the life struggles. You know, they were miracles. Um, would I have it? Only if willingness is required. Uh, you know, it would be insane for me to say no. Um, yes, of course I would have it. And so, you know, freedom is not free as we say it. Um, so am I willing to let go of my intellectual um, power? Uh, and imagine, you know, miracle in my life that happened. You know, today I'm, I'm, I'm free of compulsive overeating. Um, and that is a miracle in my life. And it all started from this point, um, you know, from this beginning of being willing to change. And, you know, day by day, I am still changing due to the fact that I am still learning about this power that is more powerful than my disease is. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Nadia. Appreciate that. So if you're just getting on, um, we are um, going to be sharing. Nadia read the uh, fourth paragraph on page 12, starting it was only a matter, of being, a matter of being willing. And so we're going to stick with the tradition of those who have not shared in the past day or two. Um, say your name about 30 times in rapid success. No, just say your name and I will um, go from there. Who would like to share? Lisa B. Naomi B. Lisa, Naomi. Sharon K. Roanne M. Roanne. And Anne. Richard B. Anne and Richard. Let's stop there. We got a we got a lineup here. We got Lisa, Naomi, Sharon, Roanne, Anne, and then Richard. So let's start with Lisa. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I am, I just felt struck last minute to share. Um, I love the simplicity 
of this italicized reading that we just heard Nadia share on. I love the simplicity um, because I came in here having been exposed to 12-step meetings, mostly in AA, for many, many years, and I thought I was a know-it-all, and I thought I really understood this big book. But when I met with someone in whom the problem had been solved that shared the same first step experience as me, and that was that they were a hopeless, doomed and dying compulsive overeater that was now recovered. You know, they were empowered by something greater than themselves that enabled them to clearly present to me what this book meant to them. And they just talked about themselves. They didn't talk about me. They talked about themselves. But in hearing them talk about themselves and what this message meant to them, I heard that they were really also talking about me. I was able to identify in. I love now looking back, you know, coming to this meeting and introducing myself as a newcomer and receiving the phone calls and then grabbing onto someone that one of the people that called me to welcome me and having her walk me through this big book and helping me understand what each each passage meant. And because you read this and you think, oh, it's simple, it's understandable. But when I could really get in there and see that I'm like Bill, I'm like Phil, and I think it started with having the clarity of mind and putting the food down, putting the ingredients down, seeing that I too am dying, desperate, and doomed. When my sponsor was working with me in the beginning, I used to think she must be really sick because she has to work so hard. But the longer I went through this book with her, I realized that I too am sick, and that's the illness. It hides out in such a subtle place that I don't, I don't realize how doomed I really am. That's what it tells us in the chapter, Working with Others. Many are doomed who do not know how doomed they are. So just really taking this, this reading apart, it's just a matter of being willing and beginning where I am right now. And today, I need to remember that starting where I am right now, here today, and someone shares on this line often, I think she got it from an AA speaker, that this big book will elevate me wherever I am. I can open this book and it will always elevate me to a new place. I'll never arrive. I'm so grateful for this clear message and for this meeting that presents this message. And also um, that growth can begin today in a new place, right where I am today. And that's exciting. It will never get boring. It will never get dull. It's always full of hope and promise. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, we have uh, Naomi followed by Sharon. Naomi, good morning. Hello, Larry. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're coming through great. Okay, great, Larry. Thank you. Good morning. This is Naomi, the uh, very grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Well, it is only a matter of being willing to believe in a power, uppercase P, greater than myself. The... (laughs) This just blows me away. It really does, because I was the power, lowercase p. I was the power. I can remember through the years any situation, you know, like I would believe in God, I would trust in God, except when it came to the food, because that was mine. Because, of course, I knew best. Wrong. Wrong. I mean, eating my way up to near 300 pounds didn't tell me anything. But believing in this, something as simple as a power greater than myself, I'm still awestruck, and I hope it never, ever goes away. 
been in program since absence since July 25th, 2011. And just because the food is down, thank you, God, every day, every moment of the day, life doesn't stop from happening and smacking me in the face. And it just, it just, I'm so awestruck again that I can call on a power greater than myself and get through these crazy things that happen. I mean, from birth to death, everything in between, and not pick up the food. Because the food is never the answer. The food is the problem. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm nobody special. I'm like one of the bozos on the bus. But thank you, God. In God's eyes, I'm somebody special. And getting through life and all these situations that happen, and I, I pull on his power. And I was off yesterday because I was babysitting, and the baby came in at 7. And this, this sentence, I must read it because it's one of my absolute favorites. Why don't you choose your own conception of God? I love that. I love that, and I cherish that because I have my own conception of God, and I'm so blessed, and I can't go on anymore because if I do, I'll start crying. So thank you for allowing me to share, share, and Larry, thank you for your service, and I pass. Thanks, Naomi. Okay, next we have Sharon followed by Roanne. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, Larry. Um, This is Sharon Kay from Canada. Can you hear me? I can. We can hear you great. Thanks, Sharon. Okay, perfect. So this was, um, I went through a real progression on, you know, like associated with this paragraph. I, when I grew up, I started with, um, I grew up in a family that mocked people who believed in God. Um, And so I had real resistance to this at the beginning. Um, And I got to the point where I was willing to believe um, and that was a good start. Like it got me started on the steps, but I went for a long time thinking about God and like think, thinking that thinking about God was the same as developing a relationship with God. And so I was really still trying to do program on my own steam, kind of assuming what God would have me do and then implementing that on my own. So you know, it was important for me to move from that thinking about God to really developing a relationship to God, talking, listening, getting out of my own head. Um, And the truth was that even when I started just believing in God, I mean, that, that was helpful. Like I made some progress and I, things, um, things started to get better, but it wasn't until I really started to develop a working relationship with God that moments of real transformation came. Um, and then those moments of transformation gave me the the confidence or the conviction to really start to go to God with everything. Thank you. Thanks so much, Sharon. Okay, we have Roanne followed by Anne. Good morning, Roanne. I scared her off the line. Roanne, press star one. Let's 
I'm so sorry. I thought I was unmuted. Sorry about hey, that. Hey, we can hear you now. We can hear you. <laughs> okay. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. My name is Rowan. Um, I'm a compulsive overeater in New York City. And I wanted to share on this today because um, I'm really struggling with this whole concept. Like, it's like I believe there is a power greater than myself. But it's like I am having a hard time implementing that into my everyday life, like really trusting, really leaning into God. Um, It's just a very foreign concept to me. And, um, you know, he says, you know, he wants, like, would I have it? Of course I would. Like, of course I want to be, have the freedom that I see other people have. Of course I want to have recovery. Um, I just think, I don't know. I just, I don't have a good answer for kind of what I've been going through, but I, I want to have the growth that Bill talks about. I want to have a beginning, like a really strong foundational beginning um, to have a God work for me, a, maybe a different God than what I believe in. Um, the willingness I know is key, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness, and this is a really important paragraph, you know. It's like all I need to do to make my beginning is willing to leave that there's a power greater than myself that can help me, that Roanne doesn't have to fix things. Roanne can't fix things. I've tried and failed. And um, I would just want to say that I would love outreach calls. If you have some experience around this, Um I want to have that experience. I want to have that experience where I'm fully, like where I'm feeling reliant upon God, where I turn to God, where I really lean into God. Um, so that's all I'll share for today. Thanks for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Roanne. Okay, we have Anne followed by Richard. Good morning, Anne. Your turn. And go ahead and press star one, if you would. Sorry about that, Larry. Hi, this oh, is okay. Anne M. Recovered in Minnesota. And thank you, Larry, for your humor. I am always so glad when I call it and you're the moderator. Um, I recently went through the steps again with a sponsor. And um, she had me complete, um, and forgive me if I'm backing up to the paragraph ahead, um, complete a paper about what my God would look like. And it was so different going through these steps this time because it was in total abstinence. And so I had the clarity of mind and heart. So I sat with this paper and I did it as a meditation as a little child. And I had my colored pencils and my colored markers, and I created um, the God because I knew the God of my childhood was not going to help me. So because I had the clarity of heart and mind, I was given the willingness to do this, willingness that I knew if I did this exercise, 
and created my own God, I would not be punished. There would not be repercussions. Um, I would not be struck down as I was taught in my childhood. And so now I know um, with this willingness that when I'm stressed, I'm relying on my old God of childhood and not the caring, loving, playful, joyous, free God uh, that I have the willing to believe in now. And um, so it has been a remarkable gift, this willingness and this newfound power. And I, um, so I have very little fear in my life. And when I crop up, I realize uh, who I'm depending on. I'm depending on myself and how the world should be according to Anne. And that was very clear to me in a recent 10th step when my um, ambitions were um, not to my liking and things um, didn't turn out the way um, they, they should have in Anne's world. So um, I am so ever grateful. This is probably one of my favorite parts of the big book and um, so grateful for my recovery and I know that this God is with me always. And so I live in Minnesota. We have had this horrendous winter. And I was to have a car repair last Friday. And of course, we had another snowstorm. And I had to reschedule. And I went yesterday. And um, as it turned out, it was a beautiful sunny day in the 20s. And not only did I get my car repaired, I could have it washed. And um, living here, I really appreciate that. And I had to laugh when I left the dealership. It was far less than I thought it was going to cost. They gave me the senior discount. I have a free car wash. Life is good. And the appointment was at my lunchtime. And I had no fear um, that that was going to be a problem. I packed what I could eat. I had my favorite water bottle. It was great self-care. It was a willingness to set that fear aside, use the set-aside prayer, and know all would be well. So uh, I'm going to pass and hope everybody has a lovely day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Anne. Uh, let's see. Top of the morning to you, Richard. Good morning, Larry. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Great. Thank you, everybody. This is Richard B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Cork, Ireland, sunny yet windy Ireland this morning. So uh, just give me a second and I get my copy of the book up on my phone. Okay, um, it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power, capital P. And that has already been said this morning, I thought I was that power with a small p, except for me, that power was all in uppercase uh, for me in the past. And um, I struggle regularly to believe when things start going wrong in my life. I'm one of these people who, as was said yesterday, raises their fists to the heavens and says, damn you. And yet today I'm able to, I'm looking at the bottom of that paragraph, upon foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. 
And that word build is important to me because it shows more than just being willing and then sitting back and waiting for the magic to happen. That word build, a builder needs to start working in order to build a house. And for me, building that house is putting down the foundations of the steps and talking to my higher power. And when I was um, creating my concept of a higher power a few years ago, I was asked by my sponsor to write a job description for my higher power. And I still have it here in a note in my phone. And as has been said yesterday and this morning, you know, these concepts change. The, these ideas of a higher power needs amending every now and again to suit what I need in the present. Um, would I have it? Of course I would. And that there is a promise. Of course I would have it. Um, but I have to work the program to do that. I have to make a conscious contact with my higher power. I have to perform my step 11. Um, so I'm just looking at the time and I'm really grateful to be here this morning. And thank you so much for your service, Larry. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. Okay, if you've just joined us, we're reading from page 12, the fourth paragraph. And we're going to take some more people, those who have not been perfect in the past day or two. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Mary, Craig, yeah. Mary? Craig? Craig, yeah. Marie. Marie? Shawnee B. Shawnee? Amanda S. Amanda. Amy G. Amy G. Carolyn S.H. Carolyn. Okay, let's yes, stop there are. if we could. We'll stop with Nessa, okay? We'll stop with Nessa. So, and I don't know if I wrote this down twice. I have um, Mary, Craig, Marie, Shawnee, Amanda, Amy, Carolyn, and Nessa. Did I get the first one right? Is that Mary or was it another Marie? Or am I talking to myself again? Let's see. Well, I don't know um, if there was a Mary or Marie at the top of the list that came right before Craig, but I did I hear think, a Marie I think Jay. it might have been Marie. Okay. There, Marie, I think it was Marie J. Okay, Marie J, you're up. Followed Hi. by Craig. <laughs> okay, Hello. great, thanks. Hi. Hi, this is Marie J, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. So, so happy to share on this paragraph. Um, when I was really stuck, and oh boy, I was really stuck. This was just hard for me to develop this relationship with God. And I um, talked to um, a very religious person who, who told me a, a parable. And the parable was that there were two piles of hay, and uh, there was a skinny, scrawny ass sitting in the middle of the piles of hay. And the landowner, the wealthy owner, told this pathetic, dying donkey that he could choose one of the piles and have enough food for the rest of his life and live as the wealthy homeowner did. And the ass didn't choose a pile and died between, between all of this food that was available to him. And this is so powerful for me. I mean, it really changed my life because it's all about a choice. Willingness is all about a choice. And I crossed out uh, God all through my first big book. That's how bad my relationship and my history 
with God was, what was given to me in my upbringing. And I only had to get a little willingness to make a choice that, oh, maybe there was something I didn't know. And so that's all I needed. That's what the willingness is about. The willingness to choose to say, oh, to, to choose to change my mind. And so I um, was, was really attached to my early beliefs. And so I could not do, make the change with my self-will. I had to have just some willingness to surrender to the unknown. And that was scary because I had to sit there not knowing what God was, but being willing to choose to have this relationship and ask for this understanding to come to me. And then through that process of taking this action through prayer and meditation and, and being willing to surrender to something I didn't even understand or know about, that's building a faith muscle. And then I began to understand a little bit, little bit, little bit. And then my experience started to change. And then I had evidence of this power in my life. I had some evidence that, oh, this, this stuff works, right? Little things. And I paid attention. I, had, I carried around a book and wrote down little experiences of God so that I wouldn't miss any of them. And then my faith grew. But I have to maintain this connection because what I know is when my faith falters, it's I who shut the door. God doesn't leave me ever. God is always standing there waiting for me to connect. And I retreat into self-will and self-reliance, and I have to get back into this willingness to maintain this relationship and take action through prayer and meditation and stay connected. And it doesn't have to be all the prayers in the book. If you object to those, I personally love them. But my prayer and my connection with God is it's if God is sitting in the room on the chair across from me and I'm having a conversation. So it can be any kind of relationship. It doesn't have to be a prescribed way. All I know is God is by my side all the time, and I close the door when I stop being willing and taking action. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Marie. Okay, next we have uh, Craig. Good morning, Craig. And Craig, press star one if you would. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Can you hear me now, Larry? I can. Thanks, Craig. All right. Thank you. Um, okay. Uh, I, I tell you, this thing, of, um, to me, the thing that I fought for a long time was I tried to make this an intellectual, uh, intellectual endeavor, this um, relationship with God. You know, I had to figure it out. And, and I, there are a couple of stories and if you know me, you probably heard these stories, and you can space out on me. But um, you know, I, what, I was um, church shopping one time. I was looking for a church, and what I was really looking for was the perfect theology. You know, I was looking for the a, uh, a church that had that I thought believed the way I thought they needed to believe. And I found a good church, and I was kind of thinking about this might be the one. And I went there on a Sunday morning, and a and and I'm sitting there, and there's two little boys in the pew ahead of me, and and they have Down syndrome, and uh, I'm sitting there, and the thought occurred to me that these two little boys, it was just too bad, but they didn't have the intellectual capacity to figure it out, you know, and 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 then I think 
I, I, I had the thought, and I think God put the thought in my head, who are you? You know, how, how much different is my intelligence than these two little boys that I think I could figure it out? And, and you know, these two little boys, I, what I watched in them was that uh, one of them loved being there. He, he, he loved God, and he knew that God loved him, and he'd tell you that over and over again if you ask him. And and he sang at the top of his lungs and was was just happy. And the other little boy didn't want to be there. And he was angry. He didn't know who this God person was. And and he didn't want to hear about it. And I thought, you know, my choices are just like theirs. You know, my choice is that uh, to accept the idea that there is a God and he loves me and to to love him back and just to love him back. And, and and sing at the top of my lungs, even though I have been asked to not sing so loud before. Uh, but, uh, you know, and then the other story that I, uh, I tell is uh, um, when I was in my late teens, we used to take our cars down to this riverbank and race them uh, on, the, on a road we'd uh, carved out. It's a big riverbank, big river, and, and we, uh, uh, in these sandy roads, and and uh, it had hills in it, and it was really, we had a lot of fun. And this one kid went down there to practice one day to run that race by himself, run that course by himself. And there had been a big rain that had come through, and he didn't run it first slowly. And he came over a sand dune-type hill, and the hill had washed out on the other side, and he went airborne and rolled his car a whole bunch of times and was hurt real bad. Spent six months in the hospital, another six months before he could drive. And he, uh, when he got out, he started driving again. He couldn't go over a hill. Uh, that memory of going over that hill and the hill not being there was so terrified to, terrifying to him that he didn't have any faith there'd be a hill on the other side, a road on the other side of the hill. And, and he had to go and drive, and he would stop at the top of the hill to make sure uh, and, and then he could go slowly over the hill after a period of time. And then he could go a little faster. And it took him a while to develop the faith that there was a road on the other side of the hill so he could drive over the hill. And, and I think our faith in God, our faith in that God will be there and will be active, that relationship that we have with God is like that. You know, we have to we have to go over the hill slowly at first and, and and sometimes stop and look and make sure that God's going to be there with us as we go over that hill. And it, and that's how we build faith. You know, he said, upon this foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend and uh, willingness to just go over the hill. However, slowly I have to go one day at a time with that. I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Craig. Okay, we have Shawnee followed by Amanda. Good morning, Shawnee. Oh, Shawnee, we can't hear you. If you press star one, we might be able to hear Hi, good, mo- good morning. Good morning. Oh, you can you are. hear me now? I can. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> um, very grateful to be on the line this morning. Um, I don't usually get to do this meeting because I'm usually like doing carpool and stuff. Um, so thank you for having me. Um, so in this paragraph, um, for me, 
recovery has looked like the willingness to have willingness to have willingness. Like, it's, I kind of always, like, start my day asking for the willingness to be willing. Um, and most of life, I kind of felt very, very stuck. And interestingly enough, I never knew of the concept of willingness. Um, I was always, you know, like very much like a, like a self-help junkie, you know, always reading the stuff, going to these courses, blah, 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 trying to get unstuck. Um, and truly beginning my day with the third step prayer and asking for the willingness to be abstinent today, um, the willingness to turn my will and my life over um, to the God of my understanding. It's really, it's like it was this aha moment. It was this spiritual um the spiritual moment for me of realizing that all God wanted of me is that willingness. He wanted me to be willing to bring him into my life, to allow spiritual light into my life. And it was just about the willingness. Um and this is just a really powerful, beautiful paragraph and um I'm very grateful to be here and thank you for letting me share. Thanks so much, Shani. Okay, we have Amanda followed by Amy. Amanda, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, good morning, everyone. This is Amanda S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And what jumped out at me in this paragraph is this is Bill taking his step two, Um you know, coming to believe that a power greater than himself can restore him to sanity. And I think for me in the past, the jump between step one and step two felt very big um, because in step one, I was admitting I was powerless and I was hopeless. And now I had to somehow believe that there was hope. Um, and it was a big, it was a big jump. Um, and I had gone through the steps recently um, with a step guide that gave me really three practical things I could do to to move from step one to step two. And the first is, you know, coming to believe in a power greater than myself, the, the coming to believe. And what I was instructed to do was just to say the set-aside prayer anytime I was doing any kind of recovery work, whether I was reading out of the big book, talking to someone, saying that set aside or lay aside prayer, even if I didn't believe that anything was listening to me saying that, asking for um, that open mind um, and asking that everything I know just be laid aside for an open mind and a new experience. Um, The second thing was coming to believe in that power. Um, And I was instructed to try on different names for God. If God didn't feel like a good name for that power, try on different names, try spirit of the universe, try nature, try whatever, but find a name for that power that really resonated with my heart. And so I did that as well. And finally, the third, third thing was, Um, I'm coming to believe that this power can restore me to sanity. And I was instructed to look around for the miracles that happened in other people's lives. Um, Listen to people give their testimony, tell their stories about how they had been compulsive eaters like me, and now they were not, that they had been recovered. 
Um, and to think, well, if them, why not me? And if I come up with any reasons, why not me? That takes me right back to um, my first thing, which is saying that set aside prayer, asking for an open mind, asking for willingness to believe um, if them, why not me? Um, so I share these with you and I hope and encourage you that it's not as big of a leap from step one to step two. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Amanda. Now batting, shortstop for Baltimore, Amy G. <laughs> Good, <laughs> Good morning, morning, Larry. Hey, how are you? Awesome Good. meeting. Love the vibe. It's so great. Um, oh, my name's Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Uh, just, just such great shares. You know, this this novel concept that's been this novel idea that's been presented to Bill. I, I looked up in the dictionary. Maybe someone already did it because I was a little late on the line. But I looked it up, and it says something so new that it's never been seen, used, or even thought of before. So Bill's presented with this novel idea of his own conception. And then asked to be willing to believe in a power greater themselves of his own conception. So it's completely new, and it's not even heard of or thought of. And I don't know about you all, but for me, when it's something new I, and something unimaginable, un un I could say that right, then I'm going to look to people to show me and give me ideas about what that conception is going to be. And I've got to throw out those old ideas because clearly they weren't working for me. You know, step one was pretty solid for me. I knew that I not only couldn't stop putting food in my mouth, that I didn't have a solution of myself. So when you all, in whom the problem had been solved, presented a, a novel concept to me, I wanted that. I wanted that. But how was I going to get it? And here they're asking about willingness. And I hear people say different things. It only takes a little willingness, but the paragraph here says complete willingness. I mean, what's happening? Are we talking out of both sides of our mouth? But actually, I think it's both. I think that I had to be willing. I had to be willing to step up and make that decision to say, okay, something out there greater than me. I don't know what that is. You all show me the way. And yet it also talks about it and how it works. We have to be with absolute fearless and complete abandonment, abandonment, be willing to try something new. So I had to be completely willing, but I had to step out first a little bit. And then I had to say, okay, you guys, I don't know. This is all novel to me, but you can show me the way. And like other people have said, there's so many different ways you can, you can name a higher power. And one of the ones I heard recently was um, for God, that the acronym for God is grow or die. And I could get that one. That one sinks in for me is to grow or die because I knew that something had to change or I was going to die of compulsive overeating. So upon that foundation of complete willingness, I was asked to act and not think. I was asked to do instead of balking at my idea, instead of balking at the ideas presented to me. Now, I may balk. I may think in my head, that's a crazy idea. But yet I had to be completely willing to say, you know what, that, that shadow, that bill's coming out from under, and my old ideas, I'm going to have to say to myself, okay, well, no, no, I need to be willing. Why? Because if I do what I'm doing, I'm going to get what I always got, which is this disease of compulsive overeating that was going to take me down six feet under. So complete willingness, little willingness, but being willing to do, to not think, but to do, to follow the instructions that in whom the problem had been solved, my recovered sponsor, this fellowship, and be willing to do that every day, one day at a time. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Amy. Okay, we have Carolyn followed by Nessa. Carolyn, good morning. 
Hey, Carolyn, press star one if you would. Good morning, Larry. Hello. I was waiting for a little ditty from uh, Sweet Caroline. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm starting my timer. All right. So um, this is Carolyn calling in from Boston, grateful, recovered, compulsive eater. Um, There's... I just want to say in response to all the shares I've heard, same, same, same. And um, what's so lovely about this paragraph is it, it's, so we're still on step one here, right? And um, Bill is just telling us how to open the door um, of this relationship with a higher power. It's only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Um, these days in almost every um meeting room I've been in, what I've heard people, the way I've heard people express that, and I've said it myself is, you know, all I need to know is the power is not me, right? It's bigger than me. It's greater than me. And I'm good. You know, I've got to be willing to believe that there's something like that. Um, And upon a foundation of complete willingness, I might build what I saw in my friend. And what's coming is, is the building of a wonderful, life in a fourth dimension, right? Um, uh, I mean, we got step two coming ahead where we see um, that it really makes no sense to not believe. <laughs> um, and uh, step three, where we get to um, really throw our, um, uh, well, I should speak in the in the eye. Um, you know, I get to throw out my own ideas. I get to throw out my own um, willfulness that never, ever worked. Um, and follow a path that's so much better um, and uh, enter a fourth dimension by doing all the steps in this book. Um, and what I, I've also found, and excuse me, I'm not thinking really clearly, I'm, I'm actually sick, but in, in being sick, I've been home sick for several days and I, having done the steps, it's really this wonderful, I'm just kind of like sitting in my chair dozing off and waking up and like talking to how higher power and like <laughs> in the past it would have been you know trying to distract myself with tv or food or whatever um and it it's like willingness is a ingredient every single day in my relationship with higher power am i willing to admit that i'm powerless and that my power is not coming from me like every day am i willing not to have ideas about how to do stuff? Um, am I willing to get quiet and listen um, and to be an open channel and keep that channel open by doing my step 10s? Um, and my time is almost out and I think my voice is almost out. So with that, I pass. <laughs> Thanks, Carolyn. Hope you feel better. Okay, Nessa, you're up. Good morning. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R. Um, I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, you know, I've learned in my recovery journey that if I want everything to change, I, I have to be willing to change everything, not wait for things to change and everybody else to change, but I have to be willing to change everything. And it all starts with my ideas, my perception, and my attitudes. And the first thing that had to change was my idea, perception, and attitude about food, uh, namely that I couldn't control it, that I was powerless and that those foods that caused me trouble had to go 100%, uh, not even a trace could remain, 
much like somebody who's allergic to peanuts cannot even have a trace and some of them can even smell um, the peanuts. The same thing had to be with me and the food. And the second thing they had to change was my ideas, perception, and attitudes about God. You know, for some of them on the for some on the line, it means that if they don't believe in God, they gotta believe that there is a, a higher power. Some of them believe, may believe that there's a higher power, but that that higher power is not involved in their lives, and so they have to believe, willing to believe that they, the the power is involved in their lives. Then there are those who believe that that power is out to get them and it's evil in some way, punishing. Um, so they got to step over to the belief that that God is good and helpful and loving. And um, I actually believed all those things that, you know, there's a God that he's involved in my life and that he's good and wants my good. But my problem was in the way I related to God, you know, I related to God as if he is my employee uh, he is my errand boy. Uh, I would make deals with God. You know, if you make me sin, then, you know, I'll do this. You know, I'll, I'll go visit my, my elderly next neighbor. neighbor. Um, I would give God assignments like, you know, please let me eat everything I, I want and still be thin. And, of course, none of those things work. So that had to change. And the change is um, I have to stop telling God what my will for him is and uh, instead accepting what his will for me is and carrying that out. Um, you know, and that was a big step. That was a, a huge leap of faith, you know, uh, pardon my pun, but I had seen others that had gone before me and had seen the transformation in their lives, not only uh, their physical transformation, but more importantly, their outlook upon life, you know, um, they showed me that life doesn't have to be perfect or challenge-free for a person to be happy, joyous, and free, to be useful and helpful to their fellows. Uh, and so I had to be willing to accept that. And once I did, uh, of course, I had to um, remove any blockages that prevented me from knowing what God's will for me is and to have the willingness to carry it out. Um, and that transformation is affected by um, God himself, um, but I have to uh, do my footwork to create the necessary um, um, wrestle background for him to, to do that for me. And that work for me was the steps, you know, the steps was what, what took me from step two to step 11, you know, from step two, it tells me, you know, what is my job from step reminder. 11 when, thank you, when um, I can actually do that job. Um, and, you know, it, the rest just kind of happens by itself as long as I do my part. And uh, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Nessa. Who would like one minute? Does anyone want one minute, one minute? Bueller? Anyone? Anyone want 45 seconds? All right. Going once. Can I be heard? I'll take 30 seconds. <laughs> okay, you got it. <laughs> um, just about this, this step in this reading, it's so great when we have a – my name is Serene, recovered alcoholic and, and food addict. It's so incredible when we have this in our lives and we've done the work and um, completed our amends and we're navigating the latter steps to 
have a relationship with God where we're also in constant gratitude and thanking. We turn our will over, and when when we make those 911 calls because we need God, it's also a miraculous experience when you walk hand in hand with God with gratitude on the good things because you know that that it's been delivered to you by the grace and that you do the legwork and the footwork and, and you give thanks for that. And that's all I'll share. Thank you. Serene. Now I feel serene. Thank you for your share. Okay. Um, thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today, which is Thursday, March 7th. That share ID is 12633. That's Larry, we can't hear you. Larry, we can't hear you. Okay. I, I gave some of my best stuff was at the end there. So I apologize <laughs> you couldn't hear me. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. I don't know if you heard this part. The share ID for today is 12,633. So now, Renee, can you hear me? Hey, hey, Renee, would you like to read the uh, page 164 for us? Press star one. Uh, how about Maura? Maura, are you there? You want to read, read page 164? Larry, can you hear me now? It would be my and... honor, Larry. Absolutely. Can you hear me? Uh, I can. I think Renee, hold on, Maura. Renee, is that you? That's me. Sorry. Okay. Thanks, Maura. Yeah, Renee, that's great. Thank you. Okay. Renee, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.